Good morning, One Love City Church. I think it's about time for us to uh, get started here. I, uh, I believe I have a, a word this morning. Uh, this word is, is for the pastor and for his wife and for us. Yesterday morning, we did a prayer walk through the city, and uh, as we were walking and praying, the pastor asked us to listen and see what the Lord had to say. Now, I guess most of you know that when we went before the city council about a building, they uh, unanimously decided not to do it. Well, being human beings that we are, the first thing that Carol and I, I mean, I really felt was to tell the pastor in April, you did not miss it. You did not make a mistake. You did not miss it. Carol said she heard the Lord say, I already have things in motion. The scripture says while you yet pray, the answer is on the way. That means while you're praying, God the Father has already started things in motion to answer your prayer. And what I saw, I saw the Lord saying, here's the building, here's the parking lot, here's all the shrubbery and all the stuff, Here's the trim, here's the paint. He said, I am already working it. I'm already putting it into motion. Last night after I got home, this is what I heard him say. You know how when you ladies are preparing dinner and the skies are wanting to know about it and you say, I'll call you when it's ready. I heard the Lord say, I will call you when it's ready. You don't have to make, I'm working on it, and I will call you when it's ready. You know what he said do? He said, go play. He said, go play. Rejoice. Celebrate. Worship me. Worship me. Celebrate. Worship me. Worship me. I'm already working on it, and I will call you when it's ready. I will let you know when it's ready. Worship me. Celebrate. So today, celebrate. Worship the Lord. Give him glory, for he is great and mighty.
Coming back to the start, our God is freedom, and here we feel your heart, your heart before us, take me, and this is all I can bring, oh, you never start loving us, no matter
Cause in the eye of a storm, you remain in control. In the middle of the war, you guide my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of a storm.
Thank you, Lord. Can we push past the distractions? Can we push past the discrepancies? Can we push past all of the things that seem to be going on this morning and just take a step of faith? I know it's been challenging. You can't hear. It's raining. It's dark. We can't get nothing to work, but that doesn't stop us from lifting our hands and saying, Lord, we love you together. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, yeah. Come on, just, why don't you just worship the Lord the way you want to worship this morning? It's still corporate. Just sing unto the Lord. Sing a new song from your heart. Oh, yes, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Oh, oh Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Oh, oh, our future begins today. Our future begins today. The past is the past, but the future begins today. You said your mercies are new every morning. And so this morning, today, we start over. Today, we take another step towards our future. Today, we take another step to take possession of the promised land. We take another step. We lay aside the wilderness mentality. We lay aside the bondages that has been shackled on us. And we take a step. We take a step. Oh, we take a step. Whatever that step means for you, oh, take that step. Take that step of faith. Oh, we reach out and possess it. We reach out and take it. I hear the sound, I hear the sound of footsteps, oh, I hear the sound, I hear the sound, oh, I hear the sound of his footsteps, 
He said that he would go before us. He said that he would lead us. He said that he'd let us know when it's ready. He'd let us know when to take that step. Oh, I hear the sound. I hear the sound. Oh, I hear the sound of footsteps. You are not alone. You are not alone. Come on, let's sing that. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Oh, I'm not alone. Tell him what you hear. The Lord said that if you're overwhelmed or something happened last night and you're just really upset and overwhelmed and don't feel like getting up and praising him right now, I didn't feel like coming up here and saying this, but I'm up here and I'm saying it right now. Now, so the Lord wants you to worship him and praise him. Thank you, Lord. Oh, come on, one more time. Let's just, one more time, let's just get to that place. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Oh, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Oh, I'm not alone. I'm not alone, no, oh, I'm not alone. We are not alone, we are not alone, we are not alone. Yeah, yeah, we are not alone. Come on, grab the person next to you, hold her hand. We not alone. Come on, sing it together. We are not alone. We are not alone. We are not alone. Yeah, yeah. We are not alone. We are not alone. We are not alone. Oh, 
This is the power of unity. This is the power of the church. This is the power. We are not alone. We are not alone. We are not alone. Yeah. We are not alone. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Turn to somebody next to you and say, you're not alone. Turn to another person and say, you're not alone. We're not alone. Look at all the people around us. We're not alone. Jesus said, upon this rock, that you're not alone. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, Upon that revelation, I will build my church. We gather here together today, not because it's something we should do or something that's good to do. We gather together today because we're a family united under Jesus Christ. And he said, upon that revelation, upon Jesus, that the gates of hell would not prevail, we are not alone. We are not alone. we thank you that you said you'd never leave us nor forsake us. You said that heaven and hell would pass away, but your word, which was Jesus incarnate, would never pass away, would never leave us, would never forsake us. And though we walk through, we walk through, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear because we're not alone. Because you are with us. You guide us. You protect us. You take us through. We don't stay there. We don't stay in the wilderness. We step forward. We take another step today. We step today into everything that you've called us to do. That you've called us. And so for this morning, we're going to take that step. And then we're going to play some more. And we're going to have a good time. And then when you ring the dinner bell and you say, all right, it's time to eat again, we'll take another step and another step and another step. We're not alone. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen? Well, why don't you turn to somebody, hug somebody, hug somebody you don't normally hug and tell them you're not alone. I'm with you. I'm behind you. I got you.
prophetic, melodic juice <laughs> for me to talk about. <laughs> Good morning, one love. Let's come together. One love, City Church, the body of Christ, moving, an organism, alive, breathing, changing lives, changing community, all over Tifton. That's who we are. And it's so good to see you guys in fellowship. Can I have your attention, please, as we come together for the next phase? It did my heart good to see you communicating and sharing with each other as the body and acknowledging through the worship that we're not alone, that we have someone that we can talk to, that we have someone that cares about us. Good morning, One Love. My name is Langston Cleveland, your brother, and I am a servant of God. You know, people call me names wherever I go, and I said, I don't like all these titles. Just call me brother. Call me child of God. And this morning, he calls us all to be servants of God. And being a servant is an awesome responsibility. We are the servants. That's what we called ourselves to be as one love. And I am so excited that we are preparing to honor our guest in just a couple of weeks. What day is that? The 11th, next Sunday. We get the chance to be servants. We get a chance to serve. And I just want to reiterate what that really, really looks like. You know, I've gone to a lot of churches and I would visit a church, and you'd walk in, and they would have great praise and worship. They would have a great pastor, a great heart for, for God. But often, I think it's one of the things that the traditional church has forgotten, is that when we have guests come in, that now we change our roles as from being a participant to an active server. So I call myself a servant first, but I also call you servants. You have an opportunity to be a server next week in everything that you do. You know, because that's what it's all about. In fact, when people come to visit your church, one of the things that they want to know is that they are important, that they have value, and that they are cared for. Where here is our opportunity. Just as this morning I saw several brothers going out to the cars with umbrellas and bringing people in. That was a servant mentality. You know, about two or three weeks ago, we sat down, and as, as Sister April taught us, we were in groups, and some were prophetic, and some were teachers, and some were servants. How many of you have that servant gift? Well, we're going to exercise that next week. In fact, I declare all of you servants. We have an opportunity for everyone that walks into this church to serve them. That means that we engage them. We greet them. We love them with the love of Christ, the agape love that he has. And we serve them as we would serve our own family because they are. 
Woo! They're our family. No matter what they look like, no matter where they've come from, that's our family because they're created in his image. You know, serving starts with the small things. The first time I came to a church in Tifton, I was not served. I did not feel comfortable because they didn't greet me. But when I walked into one church, and that was a church that I stayed with for several years, one brother jumped up doing worship and said, Brother, this is your seat. And I said, this is the place. Because he knew that I needed a seat. He knew that I was not from that church. And he wanted to make me feel comfortable. So that's what we're called to do. So even on next week, your job is not to come sit down and have a seat and watch the musicians and listen to what the preacher's going to say. Your job is to serve those that come. Your job is to give up and give you a seat. This place is full with people that you don't know. I don't care if you're standing at the walls. What an opportunity to be the servant of Christ. You know, we're also going to have a meal, too. And even as a meal, a lot of us think that when we come for a meal, that it's just for us. I've got my plate. Push everybody out of the way. Ooh, the line's too long. Well, this is an opportunity for you to serve. Anybody that you don't know goes before you. We're going to ask our guests to go before us. We're going to honor them. I'm not trying to find the biggest chicken wing on the plate or see what plate I can take home. I'm here to serve them. And when they run out of tea or juice or soda, I'm going to give them more. If I see a piece of paper on the floor, whose responsibility is it to go pick it up and go put it in the garbage? It's mine. I'll pick it up. Because what? That day I'm a servant. Every day I'm a servant. You are a servant. You're on a mission in Tifton to be a servant. Wherever you go, you're a servant. You look for opportunities to serve. Amen? So are you excited about that opportunity? No, we, have, we haven't taught this before because we never wanted to offend anybody. But it's about them, the world that does not know who we know. And that's how we introduce them, not by our charming words, but by our deeds and our love and our compassion for every single one that walks in through these doors wherever we are. Amen. I also need your help, and that's the men. If you're a man, stand up. If you are a man, stand up. Brothers, your servant Langston needs help. For the last several weeks, I've been going to a local school called Matt Wilson, and they have a program called Bulldog Dads, and they are needing some men who are willing to serve. And serving does not mean that you have to have any qualifications. We are serving a population at a school, and the grades will change, I believe, next year as they become a charter school, but the needs are still the same. They're needing some men to walk through the schools. I walked through the schools with a couple of guys last week, and I met with the principal of the school. His name is Mr. Jason Clark, a Christian man, who said, we have four men in this school. And he says, if I could have some men, we have a, a program that is set up that is a, a nationwide program called, called, called Watchdog Dads, in which we, we walk through the halls. Now, you can have a child there, you can be a community person, or someone that just loves to meet the kids. Over 60% of these homes do not have fathers at home. 
And I don't know if you know, but your impact as a man on a child cannot be measured. And they find that when they have difficulty going on with these kids, that just having a man with his testosterone walking through the halls, watching, greeting, serving, changes the atmosphere. And they find that the behavior in these schools drops significantly. Well, this past week, Elder Casey and I went out during lunchtime, and we walked through the schools, and we met the principal again. And he says that there's still a need. What I'm asking for is if I can get six men from this church who will agree to walk through this school and take on this school as something that we're supposed to do for a half an hour to an hour once a week or once a month. It's not even the time. It's just walking through the school. We had an opportunity to go to the cafeteria, and if kids are not paying attention to the female voices that are there, you walk over as a man, and you just look down, and the child starts to get real quiet when you walk over. Kids that are unruly in the school, that just a little bit late getting the class, you walk over and say, the class is that way. There's a response, and what they need is they need just fathers. They need men who care about the kids in our community, and I say, what a way to serve, and it costs us nothing, just your presence. I'm going to have a sign-up sheet at the end of the service over there just to put your name, your number, and when you might be available. I also want to say that this program is not for everyone. Not everybody wants to see little kids running up and down the hall. Some people don't want to have the noise, but me as a father, when I go to the school, you know, and see my daughter or my son in the school, my impact there not only changes her environment, but it changes the environment for the other kids that she is around. What a testimony is another opportunity to serve. I'm going to ask you to put your hand on your chest right now. I am a servant of God. And Jesus is my example. Lord, wherever you can use me during this day, this week, this year, I make myself available to you. Father, I ask you to release the desires of my heart and, cre and create opportunities at my job, at my work, at my schools, places that I shop, in restaurants, in libraries, in every place that I go, I open my heart up to serve. I ask for this in your precious name, and I receive it. Amen. Thank you. This prophetic service announcement has been made, brought to you by One Love City Church. You know, he told me that he had it on his heart. We were talking yesterday. <clears throat> we did the prayer walk around the city. And, and so we sat down and we were talking. And, he's, and he began to tell us. We began to talk about next Sunday. And, and um, he just began to share about the heart of a servant. I said, would you share that tomorrow? Because it's going to fit in with what I have on my heart to share. I want to springboard and kind of ride the Holy Spirit wave on what he's been saying in preparation for next Sunday. 
And Ezekiel chapter 22, the prophet Ezekiel says this. He says, the people of the land have used oppressions, committed robbery, and mistreated the poor and the needy, and they wrongfully oppressed the stranger. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found not one. I found not one. This morning I want to talk to you about the gap. And it fits because there's the gap in the school system. There's a gap in the city. There's a gap in your place of work. There's a gap in your sphere of influence. There's a gap in your neighborhood. There's a gap in your family. And he's looking for someone, not some people. He's looking for one, just one, who will stand in the gap. Why don't you stand with me? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for everything you've done this morning. I thank you, Lord, that your desire, your design has been to take us to a place step by step, week by week, month by month, year by year. And that place is not just to consume something. It's not just to observe something, but it is to participate in something. It's to provide something. Lord, I'm asking you this morning that as I deliver this word that you've laid on my heart in preparation for the guests that we are believing God for for next week, that you would speak through my tongue. Lay it on my heart. Give me the analogies. Give me the words. I'm yielding myself to you this morning to deliver this in a way that it would inspire us to step in the gap, to stand in that place that so many are not willing to stand in, to take the brunt, to take the blow that so many are willing to take. Let that not be said about us at One Love. Let us not be said about this body, this ecclesia, that you looked and you found one and two and three and four. You found those that would stand in the gap in this place. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Turn to someone next to you and say, the gap. Not the gout, the gap. Yes. Yes. It's always fun having to break down and set up and come to a place every week. And sometimes things just don't work out. And that's all right. That's all right. Listen, let's just, can we just do something real quick before we step into this? Can we just honor the team that shows up every Sunday morning and breaks down every, and unloads and loads? Can we just honor these guys? Come on. Thank you, guys. The praise and worship team, everybody that comes and sets up chairs. I mean, don't your hineys feel good in them chairs? Somebody had to set them up for your hiney. Huh? I know they're comfortable, aren't they? They're cushioned. 
Everybody likes them, man. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 20, verse 30. So I, now listen, Ezekiel is the prophet that spoke to the children of Judah in the darkest days of their history. We're talking about 70-year period of captivity, slavery. And the message that he brought to them was a message of correction, but it was also a message of encouragement. And that message was, like dry bones in the sun, God will reassemble them and breathe life into that nation once again. Now listen to me. When you read the Old Testament, you have to understand that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Are you following me? So when you read something like this, and he says, for someone to stand in the gap so that I will not destroy it, but I found not one, you can't take that mentality and bring it over into the New Testament. Well, if you don't get right, God's going to destroy you. That's not the same thing. Because we know that in the New Testament, the ultimate person, the ultimate one that stood in the gap was Jesus. He stood in the gap for us and made a way where there was no way. That how can, how can we say that God is angry at your sin when sin has been covered and washed by the blood of Jesus? So you have, to, you have to take this and you have to bring it in light of the New Testament. But the principle is still the same. God is looking for someone. He's not, looking, he's not necessarily looking for a people as much as he's just looking for someone. John Wesley said this. It says that it seems that God can do nothing for mankind unless someone asks him. You know... I have to be careful because, you know, this message can come across sometimes as uh, uh, condemnation. And so I, I I just want to go ahead and set that up before we start. I don't want you to feel condemned. I want you to feel encouraged. I want to inspire you to look beyond your realm and look around and see. He said, I sought for a man among them. Among them. For a man, somebody, the power of the one. Turn to your neighbor and say, the power of the one. He didn't say some people. He didn't say men. He said a man. It's amazing to me how one man, just one person, one woman, one person can take a stand and lead and, and change the course of history for the next hundred years. One man. One man can stand in the gap for a nation. I think oftentimes of Nelson Mandela. How he stood in the gap and refused and was imprisoned for years. And he said, you can imprison my body, but you can't imprison my mind. Who was willing to stand in the gap. Jesus stood in the gap, but now it's our turn. It's our turn. Now, I don't know... I don't know how it's going to turn out next week. I don't know if we're going to have 50 people, 5 people, or us people. 
I know that I've invited six people to come. I plan on inviting more. We've never done something like this because I think sometimes we get tangled up in this mentality. The, the, the value of standing in the gap is this is an opportunity to stand in the gap. This is an opportunity for us to stand in the gap. I'm not even after you. I don't want you. I'm not refusing you to do this. But this is for the people who are scared to death of evangelism. You know what I'm talking about? You hear Langston and his stories and you go, oh dear Jesus, please don't let that be me. You know, he says he's in Wendy's or you hear me tell a story about we're, sorry, and all of a sudden, you know, these things happen and they take forth. And you're like, dear Jesus, I don't want to do that. I'm scared. I just want to be on Facebook. I'll share the gospel on Facebook. It's okay. Listen, let me tell you this. He said he, he looked for a man among them. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say this morning, who's your them? Who is them to you? Who's your them? See, you're careful. You can be careful. You, you're, not, you're not concerned about them. You're concerned about those people. But your people that you run with at work, your people that you live around in your neighborhood, you're not concerned with them. You're comfortable around them. Where you get uncomfortable is if you feel like you have to recite something and say, listen, I know this is awkward, but if you were to walk out the door right now and get hit by a bus and die, do you know where you would go? That's not what I'm talking about. How would you invite someone over to a, a, a Super Bowl football party at your house? How would you do that? How would you invite someone over to eat dinner with you? Hey, man, listen, next week, our church, I'm telling you, it's going to be on. We, we ain't never done nothing like this. Matter of fact, I don't even know of a church. I mean, if you do, you can't say this, but I don't, so I can say this. I don't know of a church that's done this. We're going to open the door, and all we want you to do is come. We just want to feed you and love, and we're going to give you a present when you leave. We're not going to preset you. We're not going to do it. I'm going to share a word, but it's not going to be that kind of word. It's not going to be, if you died, it's not going to be one of them. It's going to be a message of love. It's going to be a message of compassion. When people come to our house, they're not visitors. They're guests. And when people come to our home, we built that home so we could house guests. We've got some guests coming next weekend to help the praise and worship team. They've been with us before. They've played with us before. And they're coming to stay at our house as guests. They're not visitors. They're guests. They're not going to want to leave. Because this woman right here is going to make them feel like they're part of the family. They are. You know what I'm saying. Prophetic. We say things like, if all the churches could get together in our community, we could change the city. But Jesus couldn't get 12 men to get along. That he was with all the time, and yet they changed history. I propose that we don't need all the other churches before we change history. We just need somebody and another somebody and another somebody and another somebody. The people that are them to you 
they don't have anybody standing in the gap. They may or may not have anybody, but you're there them. Are you willing to stand in the gap? The Lord is asking you this morning. He's saying, I'm looking for somebody. I'm looking for somebody. You know the easiest way, the best thing you can do to take your mind off your problems? Focus on somebody else's problems. Where's Linus? There she is. We had, uh, she, we got a testimony for her. She had some financial things going on in her life. And there were some things that were, that were transpiring and happening to her that was out of her control. Because she's basically, uh, you know, she's working. She was the only one working, trying to provide. She's still working. She's still trying to provide. And there was a situation that occurred. And we as the church had the opportunity. Somebody stepped up to the plate and paid her car off. Because they stood in the gap. Somebody stood in the gap. Now, I was raised by a single mom. I mean, I had a relationship with my dad. We went every other weekend. But I was raised by a single mom. And I remember that stupid car. I know I shouldn't say that. That stupid car. We'd drive around. That thing would break down all the time. It'd break and break and break. And then she got a new car. And God began to provide. I'll never forget those moments as a child. It solidified in me who God was. Her children would never forget that. She would never forget that. I remember when we got laid off, and, and we got laid off. Anybody ever been laid off? We got laid off, and I remember the next morning there was an envelope with $1,000. I'll never, I still got the envelope. It had her name on it, but I still got the envelope. I remember getting a call from my pastor, and he said, can you swing by? I remember swinging by, and he handed me, I swear if that envelope wasn't that thick, I'm, I, I, I don't remember how thick it was. He handed me this envelope, and my hand was like, good Lord, what is that? And I got in the trace that somebody wanted to bless your family with this, and didn't, they, don't, they want to rename, remain anonymous. They don't even want you to know who, but they want you to be blessed. They love you. And I said, okay, thank you. And I composed myself. I got in the truck. I drove around the corner, and I parked, and I called April. And I was emotional. She was like, what's wrong? I said, I got an envelope in my hand with $5,000. I'll never forget that. Someone did what? Stood in the gap for us. I lost my job, and I think we made more money that year that I was unemployed than I did when I was employed. Say, stand in the gap. Number one, that was it. Number one was he's looking for someone. Number two is the power of time. God's looking for some time. He said, I sought for a man among them who would, stand, who would make a wall. Who would make a wall and stand. He's looking for someone to do something now. Not tomorrow. Not yesterday, but now. We talk about God's timing, and I, I agree that God, He is a God of timing. But do you understand that God's not, he's, we're not waiting on God, He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us to get in line. He's waiting on us to get in a place where we can receive. He's waiting on us to get in, in, engaged. He's waiting, he's waiting on us. We're not waiting on Him. 
He's waiting on us. I think sometimes, <laughs> I think sometimes with people, God would rather slow us down than have to push a rope. I mean, y'all need to amen. That was a better amen. I think sometimes, you know, David talked about, you know, taking a 100-yard sprint in a 90-yard gym. We don't, a lot of that sometimes is excitement. It's immaturity, and we're running faster than we run out, outrun our supply chain. I understand all that, but it still puts a smile on my face when I see a believer running full blast, and they run right into a wall, and they have an image of themselves through the wall. And you go pick them up and say, look, man, brush that off. We've all done that. Come on. I mean, that, I think, when God looks at that, you know, Peter stepped out of the boat, and he fell, but I, and God corrected him. But he, but he was the only one that got out of the boat. And as a result, Peter, the aggressive one, the one that stood, Peter was the one, the same one that denied Jesus, was the one that had the opportunity to win people to Jesus for the first time. He's looking for time now. What is the time now? The enemy will keep you bound up with the right timing of things and understanding that the time is now. I'm not saying get ahead of God. I'm not saying jump. But it's, it's, real, it's real easy to stay in that safe place when the power of the time is now. Luke chapter 9. Go to Luke chapter 9. I want to show you something. Luke chapter 9. He says this. Luke chapter 9, verse 57. Now it happened as they journeyed to the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. I'm ready now. Jesus is looking for somebody. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord... Let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Listen, chapter 10. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and every place he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. It's now. It's not tomorrow. It's now. He said pray. He said pray the Lord. Father, we just pray that if, if, if I'm someone that someone is praying for, if I'm that laborer, send me so that I can stand in the gap. You're telling me that in this world, there's not somebody that she's connected with at her work, that a grandma or a mama or a brother or a pastor or a spiritual brother or a spiritual sister is praying, Lord, send someone across her path, and she's disobedient to the voice of the Lord because she doesn't want to stand in the gap because she's ready to go home. She's about to retire anyway. Lord knows you've been there. I'm using you because I can. You won't take it personal. Lord knows I've worked there for all these years. I'm ready to go home. She just paid her house off two days ago. Woo! Two days ago. No more debt. I'm tired of doing all this. I, I've stood in the gap. It's, it's time for somebody else to stand in the gap. 
And then she told me about a young boy who lost his life in her neighborhood. Brings it back to sober reality, doesn't it? I'm not trying to put condemnation on you, but I am trying to share truth with you. Maybe someone's life is, maybe the difference between someone living and dying is the matter of me standing in the gap for them. We don't like to hear that because it puts responsibility. But I'm telling you, I realize that if I don't keep myself if I don't keep my heart tor- turned towards God, if I don't keep my, my, myself in check with the Holy Spirit, if I don't have people in my life that are over me, that spiritually guide me, if, if I don't allow them to speak into my life, then there's a chance that I could get off and not step in the gap. I understand that if I don't say things to you that I know I need to say because I don't want to hurt your feelings, it may be the difference between someone living and dying. I understand that. You may not like it, but I understand it. We have a wonderful gospel. It's the good news. But the good news doesn't come without responsibility from those that carry the good news. seems like daily I brush up against something that is rejecting what it is that God is calling us to do. Because he realizes the power of somebody. He realizes the power of some time. And then last but not least, he realizes the power of some place. He said, go back to our text. He said that he sought for one. He sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land. There is a some place. I don't know who you plan on inviting. I don't know who it is that you have on your mind. But I can tell you that it's they in that place. You're the one. They are the, that's the they and the place is where you're at. The place. The picture is clear to me, without someone in place, in the place, the invasion of darkness occurs and eventually destruction of the people take place. Answer the Holy Spirit's call and don't allow the price that needs to be paid to make intercession a passive issue. Sometimes the price to pay is just simply recognizing that when the Holy Spirit wakes you up that morning, it's time for you to pray. Sometimes the price to pay is when you're on your day off and someone needs you. See, people need you when they need you. Very rarely does God call upon us at our moment of convenience. Nobody said amen on that one. It's easy to meet someone's need when you got it. You got an abundance of it. It's easy to meet somebody's need when you feel like it. It's easy to stand in the gap when you feel like it. But what about those moments in our life that are going to take place this afternoon? What about those moments in our life that are going to take place tomorrow when we don't feel comfortable and we're tired and we're wore out and someone needs us? Are we willing to stand in the gap? I don't want to be one of those that the Lord said, I sought for one, but I couldn't find any. At Chula Brookfield Road, I had to look somewhere else. I don't, I don't want to be that guy. 
I don't want to be that person. I don't want you to be that person. Church, listen to me. We are the church, but when I say the church, the religious church, we've created environments of comfort and entertainment, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's good as long as it's not the only thing. We've, we've created moments of, of intentionality as long as it fits within our personality. We've created this atmosphere that's good as long as I feel good. We've created this environment that will reach out as long as we feel like reaching out. And here's the thing. God's, God said go into all the world and preach the gospel. He said the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's your place. It's your place. It's your place of work. It's your place of comfort. It's your, your house. It's your neighborhood. All he's asking for us is are you willing to stand in the gap? That's it. What does it mean? I'm going to close with this. Romans, turn to Romans chapter 8. I want to read this to you. Romans chapter 8, he says this. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. He said, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. There's something about the Holy Spirit inside of us that gives us the ability to stand in the gap and pray for somebody. We've lost, it seems like, the art of prayer. We think that prayer is something that we should, you know, that we get to do, or prayer is something that's nice to do, instead of prayer being something that we should do. We should pray. You roll up on somebody and they're hurting. You should, Father, in the name of Jesus, touch them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we call forth provision for that. We call forth answers for that. We call forth wisdom. We, we pray as a leadership team. Father, we call forth wisdom and direction for specifically how we need to go. The power to stand in the gap. I don't know what next week is going to be like. I got an idea. I've got a vision of what I see. I see people that have never come before, but I see people that you know and they come because you know them, because we've asked them. And I see people coming, and I see people interacting, and I see people encountering God. This isn't about getting them born again, necessarily. This is about them getting immersed into this gathering of people. It's about introducing them to Jesus. Without any ex You know, for God so loved the world that he gave this gift requires nothing of us. we got to make sure that we lay the foundation for them and say, look, we want you to come. Just come. There's no expectation. The gift of God, which was in Jesus, was not with any mandate on it. The gift was given. But it didn't come with an expectation, but it came with an invitation. It came with an invitation to respond. I heard somebody say last night, said that when you take 
the anger away from God? What draws people to repentance? And I said, love. Love. The Bible says, I don't know, y'all read the Bible, I do. Romans said, don't you know that it is the goodness of God? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness, the goodness, the goodness of God leads you to repentance? The goodness. Not the music. That helps grease it up. Not necessarily the message, although the message lays the foundation for the word and creates the atmosphere. Not so much the people in and of themselves. What leads people to go, my God, i got to change the way I think? It's when you love them when no one else will love them. It's when you stand in the gap for them when no one else will stand in the gap for them. It's when you call them when nobody else would call them. It's when you hug them when nobody else would hug them. It's when you give up your seat for someone that's their first time. Turn to your neighbor and say, the gap. Stand in the gap. Come on, stand with me. The gap. Can we do something this morning? Can we unite our hearts together? Commit to one another? And because we've united our hearts, because we've committed to one another... Just that knowledge keeps us accountable. Can we unite and commit that we're going to pray, stand in the gap, and then be obedient to whoever the Lord in, it puts on our heart to invite them to come next week? Well, you know, I fought. I mean, I wrestle sometimes with my own thoughts. You know what I'm saying? I kind of, it's like I feel you thinking something. I use you, I know. You know what I'm saying? I feel you thinking. Some, sometimes people go, well, it ain't about coming to the church. You're right. It, it's not. But unless we create an opportunity for you to get out of your comfort zone, unless I create an opportunity for me to get out of my comfort zone, I'm not going to get out of it. Sometimes I feel people thinking, what's that going to look like? Don't worry about it. Hey, listen, we're going to have a good time next Sunday. All we're doing is we're, we're going to be playing some music that aren't, isn't traditional church music. We're going to be loving on people. We're going to feed people. I'm going to encourage. Don't even tell them I'm giving a message. Just say my, my pastor just has something he just wants to tell you. He just wants to say he loves you. Just come and just, just be a part of it. And at the end, we're going to give you a gift. This is just an introduction to, to the family that we are. It's an opportunity for us to do something together, united. Holding hands together, united together. Let's agree. Let's unite our hearts. Grab the person's hand next to you. Unite our hearts together. You going to hold my hand, little man? This is a good baby right here. 
Let's unite our hearts and commit together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you as your body. Father, you're the number one person. You're the head of the church. We just follow your orders. Lord, we, we come to you united in one mind and one heart. We simply desire to be that expression of love to the people around us. And next Sunday, we've, you've, you've given us the vision to create an entire service that is geared towards expressing your love to people that don't normally get it expressed to. So we say that we are committing one to another and committing to you that today, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and even Sunday morning, we're going to pray for people. Father, we release our faith, whoever it is that you place on our heart right now in the name of Jesus, you drop them in our spirits right now. Every person in this room, release your faith. Lord, I release my faith. Drop them, in my, drop them in my heart. As I walk, as I talk, as I live, as I go about my business this week, Lord, we release our faith. The person at Starbucks, the person at TJ Maxx, my friend down the road, my co-worker, my family member, we release our faith to be that expression of love and to demonstrate the goodness of God to them. That's all. We release our faith. Lord, we commit to be obedient to the ones that you lay on our heart. Other than that, we release our faith for you to turn the hearts of the people, for you, the Holy Spirit and ministering spirits, to go to the north, to the south, to the east, and to the west. We always call forth provision. Lord, we call forth people. We call forth souls that you would minister to them right now. The, the things, Lord Jesus, I see this clearly. People are watching TV right now, and he is, he is moving them into a place where the very people that's on the screen is going to begin to declare a word over them, and they're going to hear it, and it's going to do something in their heart. And then we get the opportunity by divine appointment to step in and to invite them, and the Holy Spirit's already preparing the ground right now. He's prepared, like Bill prayed earlier, this is what I see, like Bill prayed earlier, the Holy Spirit is cooking something in their kitchen, in their work, in their car, and they smelling something. They, they don't even know what they're smelling. They don't even know what they're feeling. They don't even know what they're watching. And then the moment that you pick up the phone, the moment that you encounter them and you ring that dinner bell, the Holy Spirit is going to move in their heart and going to help them see that they need to come. Father, that's all we can do. That's what we're going to do. We commit to you right now, to each other. We hold them up. We stand in the gap, and we say, in the name of Jesus, we will be obedient to what you've put on our hearts. We thank you for it. Now we release our faith, and we turn it all over to you. We're not going to try to talk anybody into it. We're not going to try to make it happen. We're just going to let the Holy Spirit work in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Cornell, come on up here. Listen, pay attention. 
the Holy Spirit is that still small voice. I, I'm not going to try to man, I'm not going to try to say what did or didn't happen in those moments that we prayed. But I would imagine I see sometimes by the Spirit, maybe there's somebody's face that came before you, somebody's name, somebody's. You're like, why in the world am I thinking about that guy that works behind the counter at Flash Foods? Hello. Why am I thinking about that person? I ain't talked to them in years. Hello. I was sitting the other day, and I got a phone call from somebody that, that I don't think, I don't know if they've ever called me. He always, I always call him. See, I've been sowing that seed. I've been and watering it. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Very respectful, very friendly, but just, you know called me hey man what's going on i thought he was going to tell me you know well my dad or my brother my my son or whatever no nothing i was just riding and thought about you hello and so i said man it's good to hear your voice it's good how you doing we talked for last i said listen next week you know we started i said we birthed a new church god 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 moved us in this direction and we shut we shut another one down we birthed a new one out of god's vision that he gave us and I said we're doing something next Sunday we've never done before I said we're creating a Sunday that's entirely about people that don't really come to church because we want them to just be blessed and eat we're going to give them a prize I said man I'd love for you guys to come he said well when is it no, 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 we talk. now I don't know if he's going to come all I can do is what plant the seed that's all I can do listen to me 90% of people that come to church come because they saw a billboard no they come because of this dynamic Instagram post they come because they saw a video that Granny Carol posted on Facebook no why do they come because they somebody invited them this is it listen to me let me take the pressure off of you just invite somebody don't even put no more pressure on you than that. Invite somebody that God lays on your heart. Let the Holy Spirit do the rest. Amen? Amen. Brother Don, will you come forward? I just want to pray, even before we take up tithes and offerings. <clears throat> Father, I thank you that, <laughs> I thank you for what you've done for us in the cross. You know, I think sometimes we get into this mindset where we're afraid to be who he's made us to be, to share what he's done for us, to as, as we've freely received, to freely give. So, Father, I thank you that you have given us your heart. You've given us your spirit, and we say right now, that our heart's desire is to see what you see. 
that we desire to see people like you see people. Our heart's desire is to love like you love, with the love that you've loved us with. I thank you that we're here on purpose, that we get to live life not just with purpose, but on purpose, God. I thank you that next week just isn't a moment. But, Father, you're inviting us into a lifestyle. You're inviting us into a lifestyle where we co-labor with you. Holy Spirit, I thank you that it's not by our might. It's not by how well we speak. It's not even what we say. See, people sense when you're genuine. People sense when you say, how are you doing? And it wasn't a greeting. You mean it. People sense when you say, hey, I'm inviting you to come. And it's not just a checklist item. So, Father, we just thank you for what you're doing in us. We thank you for what you're doing here. And we look forward to the more. But we know that it's only with you, Holy Spirit, that, it's, that, that we're able to do that thing that you're calling us to do. So, Father, we just we lift up these tithe, these offerings to you. And we declare that your kingdom will be advanced. Your name will be lifted up and glorified. And we say, Jesus, that we lift you up. And when we do that, you will draw all men to yourself. And we know that means the cross, but it also means you being lifted up in our lives. That you're worthy, God. You're worthy. You're worthy. We just thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come forward, please. Well, amen. Well, we'll see you in the life groups Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. (laughs) There's one every day except Monday, unless I'm missing something. Am I? No. So Tuesday, prophesy. There's going to be one on Monday. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then um, next Sunday. So if... If you have any questions, you can go to the website, onelefcitychurch.com. If you go to calendar on the mobile, it looks a little weird, but if you're on a desktop or you just click mobile view, you'll see everything that we have for the rest of this um, month. And then there's kind of just some events past that on the calendar. So if you're looking for a life group you haven't been, the directions are on the website as well. Listen, before y'all scoot out of here, 
Um, Mr. Don, uh, hang on. We want to give, we want to do something. We want to give you this opportunity. There, there's needs that come up all the time. There's a need that came up this week that was met, but we want to give everybody the opportunity to help meet those needs that come up. So we didn't have time to do it because it was in the middle of the week, but we want to give you that opportunity. If you want to give into the benevolence ministry so that we have a resource account that we can just pull from to meet those needs, which is you meeting those needs, you can grab one of these envelopes, fill it out, put the offering in it, and give it to one of us, one of the elders, and we'll get it in there, okay? Amen. All right. Love you all.